Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention in this corner, weighing in at 122 downloads, five episodes in, from the state of Utah. The Utah, the Beehive State. <laughs> the Beehive State. Your podcast. This is... You're not wrong, but your weekly podcast from the road. 122 downloads. Dang. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I'm Emily. I'm Donald. And we're your hosts bringing you along for the ride with us. It's been, I think, one day shy of two months since we've left Berkeley. Two months on the road. That's right. Wow. Can't believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun. Or when you're traveling to seven states, (laughs) 12 cities. Packing and unpacking, cleaning, everything left and right. Here we are, though. Here we are. Excited to excited to hang. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, uh, last po- last podcast, uh, last couple podcasts have been we're about the race, and so we're playing a little catch up today. We're going to talk pre race. Uh, we had a, an awesome week through Idaho and Montana that we have not gotten to recap yet. That we did. Yeah, about ten days uh, in the great state of Montana with a little bit of Idaho thrown in there, and excited to do some reminiscing. Yeah. All right, should we get to it? Let's get to it. Do you want to kick us off with our experience in Coeur d'Alene? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go back to, I guess, probably episode three, which is our recap of the Olympic trials when we watched uh, the 10K live, we gave a little shout out to, to Tom when he was about to, the next day, run the, or race the Ironman in Coeur d'Alene. So we got out there, uh, we went out pretty early, we, we caught we didn't catch the start of the swim, but we caught the swim when they were coming in. Coming in, yeah. And Some I, folks were still starting. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I got to say, being a, a big marathon or big runner, I was not sure what to expect out of the Ironman uh, experience. And off the bat, we got hit pretty hard. We like, it was really awesome. The The music was pumping. There were people everywhere screaming, shouting. Uh, there and, were swimmers. There were bikers. No runners yet. But, I mean, it just felt like just so much activity going on. We were commenting that we've been to a lot of races in our lives, and this one definitely was up there in terms of energy, enthusiasm, support for the ra- racers. Yeah, so it was really cool. Um, you know, it was a brutally hot day. I'm sure in, in the high 90s, um, if, if it didn't hit triple digits, I think at it times. hit triple digits. Yeah, I, I know the carb was reading at you know 115 or something like that. But uh, so we got out there, watched him swim a little bit, got on the bike, uh, and then I took my last. Uh, 16 miler in for the, for the the training cycle and ran from Coeur d'Alene along there's a divide trail that gets you back to Washington so I ran across states that morning for the fun of it just for the fun of it which which it was it was great it was and it was really neat um good trail or good paved paved trail and, and all that and so yeah and so we, we watched a lot of the race a lot of the race we got some good food and jumped in uh is it late Coeur d'Alene? I believe it's late Coeur d'Alene because there was no way we were uh staying out of the water when yeah. it was that hot yeah and so th- that was that was awesome and just like had some like nice way it was a big enough lake where there's yeah. there was waves and there was a nice little little beach little beach area and so had a good while well, he was out there on the bike for 112 Sweat. miles we, <laughs> we we lounged a little bit in the water caught him coming out of the transition uh t2 and cheered him on and found at mile out one. at mile one, found out later that night that he had not, uh, not seen us, which was a, a little bit of a bummer, but, uh, regardless, uh, you know, 
he he was uh, looking good for as good as you can be, whatever it was. Eight, 105 degree weather. Eight miles in, in, or eight hours in, I should say. Yeah. Um, but it was neat. It was a really cool experience. Uh, gave me a lot more respect, I think, just yeah. in terms of like the... Uh, Seeing it firsthand. We saw the winners come in for both the men's and the women's. Yeah. I mean, they looked so strong in that last mile, which I couldn't even fathom. Um, but yeah, a lot more respect for that. Uh, not just that we the, didn't have enough respect yeah, already, but just seeing just it the length, right, right there. Just yeah, the, the length. To, to wrap your head around how long that actually is. And yeah. so, uh, who knows? I'm sure that'll be in the... In the cards one day. In the cards one day, but... To, to give a bit more perspective, we DNF'd or did not finish our first spectating experience of the Ironman. And essentially, what, nine hours in for us, decided to call it a day. Yeah, that, that had been enough. That had been enough. So we couldn't even finish the spectating, let along the ra- let along let alone the racers. Yeah. So, but good yeah, day overall. Con- congrats to Tom. Congrats yeah, to all those finishers. Congrats. That was uh, quite the quite the effort. Quite the effort. So that from yeah, so from Coraline, we you know popped back to Spokane for the rest of the night, I think, and then made our way to Montana. And I'll let you kind of kick off where we where we started in Montana. Yeah, so we started in the Bitterroot Valley, which is essentially um, right around the Missoula area. Montana goes a little bit south, where my f- extended family is from, going way back, um, where I've spent pretty much every other summer, not pretty much every other summer in my life, plus a couple more. Um, so I've been there a ton. And we had a lovely little Airbnb in a town called Stevensville. Uh, with no cell service, which was great. It had Wi-Fi, but no cell service. Kind of the best of both worlds. Dawn could still work, but we felt a little bit, you know, secluded a little bit um, up in the mountains, which is great. Got some good biking and running in. Saw family for a couple nights in the ro- in a row. Um, obviously, everyone was eager to meet Dawn, so that always had to make those rounds. And then we got up to the lodge, the hiker's lodge, which is a place my family has been going for much longer than I've been around for, gosh, it's coming up on 100 years now, I I believe. Wow. And uh, had a great afternoon up there. There's a eight-mile trail around the lake that it's on, Lake Como. We ran that at noon in the heat of the 105-degree weather, which was still going on, which was great training for you, Um, and jumped in that lake as well. What was your experience, your first experience in Montana? Yeah. Checking yeah. another state off the list. Checking another state off the list. That's right. Uh, Washington, I mean, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana were all new. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, it was great. The lake the lake was awesome. We had a good training run. Um, I am definitely more, I've always said I'm more of a beach person than a lake person, and I'll stand by that for the water, but the... Uh, the quiet and mm-hmm. the calm of a lake house is also uh, quite appealing. So, yeah, no, it was a good time. Uh, it was great to kind of – I've heard so much about uh, Hamilton and, and the family reunion, so it was really nice to to get there and actually experience some of it. No, it was awesome. On our way to town, we also got mm. really, really good salads in Missoula. If anyone's going to Missoula, Basel, yeah, we think Basel. it's called. Uh, incredible salad. I'm, I'm going to rant right here real quick. Uh, <laughs> so we've been on the road for two months now, jumping Airbnb to Airbnb, etc. And from our DC friends, our Berkeley friends, I don't know where else they're really located, but you just don't find a good salad place like, like a, a sweet, sweet green. like a sweet green, you know, and I know sweet green's a chain, so it's not, you know, it's not authentic, authentic, but 
some days you just want a salad and like that's all you don't want a, a, a foot long from subway or a burrito bowl from from chipotle you just want a salad just need and those greens you know part of that's probably being in the idaho montana region but part of it's also just like there aren't many good salad chains and we i think i've talked we talked a little bit about panera on a previous yep. rant so this place rocks phenomenal buffalo cauliflower salad out of this world i got some salad with like seven different types of green vegetables yeah it was incredible and then we so. got smoothies oh we did get smoothies too on the way out so that, that basically was, we, lit, we probably spent <laughs> i don't know 60 bucks on salad and, and smoothies that that afternoon for lunch it was worth, worth it that day worth it <laughs> uh before we got out of Missoula, we too, we also stopped at the running store. We did something else that we've been trying to do at most uh, locales. Most cities, just, yeah. Just trying to see what what's going on in the local running uh, scene. And it was funny. We were chat. We were chat with the uh, woman at the register, and turns out we both were running the same race. And I forget if we mentioned that in the last pod or not. Believe but, we might have, and then we ended up seeing her oh, at yeah, the finish and, line. And that's right. And that's definitely, that's yeah. definitely something I didn't mention yeah. in the last one. Is we. Uh, she came in about an hour and a half, two hours after me. And, and we got to see her cross. Yeah. And so that nifty. Yeah, small world. All right. And then from the wonderful Bitterroot Valley, we went north directly to Glacier National Park. And I think and for, go for it. No, no surprise to anyone on the, listening to this podcast, four hour drive. <laughs> Every single place. Every is single place. Four, is four hours, hours from each other. So I we are getting. Very good or very annoyed at the four-hour four hour drive. drive. I'll take two, or I'll take ten. Four is, famous last words. Four I, is just kind of annoying. Like it's it's a, it's enough of a day that you like lose. Like you can't really do too much because you like leave in the morning, you get there in the afternoon, but then you need a nap because you drove for four hours. At least like two, you know, you're in and out. Ten, you lose a whole day and you like acknowledge it. Four is just kind of the worst. That being said a lot of four hour drives and we're going to have a few more so we'll be we'll we'll make it through yeah i guess (laughs) um back to glacier national park one of those places that's been on my bucket list for so long i feel like everyone says it's either their favorite national park or probably going to be their favorite national park um and it did not disappoint we uh were able to get reservations to get in we didn't know you had to do that until two days before um, and it, well, no, we knew that. We morning. knew that. Sorry, you couldn't get reservations until two days before. Managed to get some, so we got in, and boy, was it crowded! It definitely lived up to those that hype. But we had a great time. What did we do in Glacier? Uh, we did a few things. I mean, I, the first day that we got in, uh, went out. Was it the first day we went in? We went out yeah. to Grinnell Glacier. Yeah. So, uh, for whatever reason, I was exhausted that morning. I guess we might have spent a. I remember why. In yeah. early morning. It's the four-hour drive the day before. It probably was the four-hour drive. Well, little <laughs> did I know we were going to get a two-hour drive, basically. Just said you th- take them. Through the park. Um, so, the, the hike in an area that we were looking at was Many Glacier, which, uh, if I don't think Glacier is an actual square, but if you were getting in at the bottom left, you were coming, Many Glacier was in the top right, and you had to get out of the park to get to that top right. Portion. So, there's an east side and a west side of the park. Yeah. And so got there, uh, the trail we were looking to do was not fully open. So we did about four miles out, four miles back, a couple of nice lake views, uh, saw a few snakes. I think we saw two did that day. Did see a few snakes. So, yeah. So, Up that snake count. Exactly. Um, which were my first two, I think, and you, you had seen one previously. That's correct. Snakes and no bears in Glacier. Who knew? Yeah. Um, so we did that hike. That was good. Came back that afternoon and... 
kind of hung out at there's a lodge oh, at Many Glacier, which right. is really lovely. Hung out there, dipped our yeah. toes I in. I call it a lodge. I'd call it a, a hotel. It's a hotel. Yeah, sorry, a hotel. Um, really I had got a nice, an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, Don got an ice cream sandwich. Very lovely afternoon. And then woke up early the next morning. So that, oh, no, we did. And then one more thing on the way back. We got our spontaneous lake swim in. We were kind of uh, looking to jump in the lake. Couldn't really find a good spot. And right before we left the park, saw a couple cars pulled over to the side of the road and kind of in a spot to jump in right below. And so uh, if there's one thing we've learned on this trip, it's that always go spontaneously to jump in the lake. It's always worth it. Yeah, and that was my first... uh... We, we missed on Missoula. I bought a pair of Chacos. Oh, yeah. So I'm ready for Denver. You are ready for Denver, and you're ready for your spontaneous lake swims. Yeah, exactly. I finally, after a few, few lake swims, I got sick of my Walking feet, on rocks. Walking on rocks. And so... Got to get the adventure shoes. Passed the spot in Missoula and got the adventure shoes. Yeah, so I forgot about that. Still breaking those in, but uh, that was their first uh, test run. And then how do you wrap up Glacier National Park? Yeah, so it was a little serendipitous, but one of the... The newsletters that I follow or a few of us follow is called Semi-Rad by a guy named Brendan Leonard out of Missoula. And just a really funny guy, does these drawings. And he does a Thursday, a Thursday Friday inspiration and like a Thursday clever one. And the Thursday one this week happened to be him biking, going to the Sun Road in Glacier National Park, which is the, which the main, is the main road, road that gets you mm-hmm. from the bottom all the way up to uh, the... Continental Divide Trail at Logan Pass, uh, basically the main pass that, um, you know, we talked plenty about the Continental Divide Trail, but that divides the east and the west side of the, mm-hmm. and I believe it's the highest point in the, the park. So he wrote it with a, a colleague or a buddy. Videoed it. And saw it. And I had, had been chewing on, I wasn't really in the mood to run and we've been hiking a lot, but I wanted to get some kind of ener- uh, some kind of effort in before the, the race. And I we were driving back. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bike it tomorrow. And so the bike is about 25, I think 30 miles. If you do it from the entrance, 50 miles. If you do it from 50 from the from entrance. Point to point. Oh, the one part you did. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry. Uh, so 25, 30, 25, 30. We drove it a little bit into the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, car or bikes are only allowed before 11 AM. And so we didn't get in until eight 30 and it figured to be about two, two and a half hours to, yep. to get up. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, Cars weren't too bad. The views were incredible. I mean, the the climbing you were climbing the whole time. I didn't, uh, I did not stop pedaling literally for the whole two. I think I was on the bike for a little over two hours, uh, and it was good. I hadn't felt that strong in a little bit, and I hadn't also just like done something that hard in a while, and so I've kind of been putzing around on um, on my training, and so that felt pretty good. Totally raced a couple people at the end, the last mile up this the last climb that they didn't realize we were racing but got up there uh took in the view for a second and then descended a little bit on the far side so right it's basically like a, a pyramid yep. if you will and uh emily i beat emily emily was supposed to beat me to the top that didn't happen because of traffic, the traffic man yeah and that, that was awesome so descended for a little bit before i figured i wouldn't test my luck anymore although there were plenty of people that looked less athletic and potentially more well versed on a bike, but True. was not going to risk any technical downhills no. and, and, and crashing for a race. Yeah. yeah, no, and it is definitely now on my bucket list to go back and ride that as well. We'll get the full 50 in next time, right? Absolutely. All right. And then from Glacier, we went to Bozeman, where I had my first bear encounter of the trip. For That's anyone right. who follows me on Strava, you might have seen it. Um, 
you know, we get to Bozeman Sunday night, Monday morning, going for a run. I had had the bear spray out just because we had it in Glacier. And I thought, you know, might as well just bring it in my pack on this run. I was staying mostly in the city limits, but didn't know the city very well, besides the fact that they're, you know, it's grizzly territory. And uh, sure enough, came out of a trail onto a road and a woman stopped to tell me she had seen a bear in the trail about approximately five seconds before the bear decides to cross the road where I had just been. So that was my very exciting first bear encounter. Um, Other than that, I went rafting on the Yellowstone River with some friends. Don took a day to relax and have Mm. some time on his own, which he very much appreciated. A plus Uh, Though I did forget how fun rafting was, so... Shout out to Lena for coordinating that. And other than that, we just, we had some relaxing times in Bozeman. It was the week before the race. Uh, We didn't have, you know, you were working. There wasn't so much we could do. We went to the farmer's market, which was awesome. Got some great food a couple times. I don't know. Started our new favorite show. Started our new. Or one of our favorite shows. One of our new favorite shows. Which I I don't remember the name. Down to Earth. Down to Earth. Which is the Zac Efron, Darren Allian uh special like on that. netflix it's a seven or eight episodes if you're familiar with blue zones we already talked about this i feel like i talked I about like blue zones. oh yeah i feel like we did talk so, about this but we watched that that is where we started it yeah um and yeah other than that bozeman's a cute little city bozeman was nice and our, our airbnb hosts were, were awesome yeah had a nice time talking to her and Definitely. she um she lived in she grew up in the house next door her, her dad bought that property, and her husband and her built the house. Yep. Uh, Long-time Bozeman residence. Yeah, and it was nice. It I was could, really I nice. could see... Uh, I, I know that's already been a popular place that people are, tra- are moving to, and I could see why. Very much so. All right. Should we just get straight into it? Rose Thorn Bud? Yeah, let's, let's run through this Rose run Thorn Bud. Run through this. All right. So the Rose for me is just going to be the, hanging out at the lodge in Lake Como, seeing some family. Uh, I... Love being back there, as anyone who has ever met me knows. And bringing you back, I will say, was a very special time for me. So getting a little sappy on the podcast, and we'll stop that right now. What about you? It was nice. Uh, Well, mine was just the ride from Glacier uh, that I kind of already alluded to. Just a really fun fun morning. Was good to do something hard and excited to kind of to continue to, to find those type of adventures. That is what we might call uh it, it's pseudo make your own make your own adventure yeah. right there's make your own fun and there's things that first fun that other people say fun that other people say is it could be a race or it could be going on vacation or whatever that is and you know make your own fun could be i'm gonna walk all these trails in my neighborhood or i took that from yeah or i'm going to uh you know, ride this many peaks this summer and just something that you, that you, you make, make up, up that inspires yeah. you. And so it was a little bit of that. Um, although I'm sure plenty of people, if, if many if, people ride that road, it but felt it, like that at least, which is important. Yeah. And that's, what's important. Uh, my thorn is going to be just the heat in Spokane and in Montana and slash the realities of climate change. I mean, oh, great. Next year. And tell me the world's flat. Aren't you <laughs> get ready? Uh, so, and for those of you who are listening, I guess I kind of butchered that joke. Yeah, I meant to okay. say that the world's round. <laughs> um, the world's flat. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, I was really just thrown off by how hot it was. You know, I've been to Montana a ton and even hotter periods and it hasn't been like that before. So 
just looked into it just to see. I mean, we had left Seattle by this time, but Seattle had only hit 100 degrees three times in history or in the previous 120 years. And it reached that mark three consecutive days in June. Um, you know, there were cloudless skies and temperatures were building, uh, plus a lot of winds in some of these locations. And so, you know, with the mountains and the high plateaus come in the winds coming from the high elevation to low elevation, there was just a perfect storm for those heat waves we saw. And so, you know, according to the New York Times, did a little research, the number of heat waves in the U.S. has gone from about two per year in the 60s to 10 per year in 2010. And I feel like we've already had 10 this year. So that's my thorn. Climate change, heat. Gonna just rant on that for a second and move on. What about yeah. you, Don? No, it was a bummer. Uh, my thorn was heat just generally. I think coming from... Berkeley, where it was a lovely 65 degrees every day for 365 days a year, you forget how hot it can get. and Forget weather in general. Weather in general. So I definitely did not acclimate as well as well as I wish I would have to the overall heat. And um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Also just feel bad for all the people living in cities where you never needed air conditioning before. And now we have this. So. Totally. That's a bummer. All right, last one, buds. Yeah. So my bud, uh, for those that know me, they know that I have a special fear of bears, but I also spend a lot of time in bear country. So those are at odds with each other, and that means I am always carrying bear spray. If I am anywhere, particularly in grizzly territory, but even other bears, I usually have a bear spray. So bear spray is essentially pepper spray, but it is a deterrent that is sprayed in a cloud for any aggressive animal, although designed for bears. And that cloud billows up, billows up from the ground, creating this wall of spray so that when the bear reaches it, it will feel it. So you're only supposed to deploy it if essentially the bear is charging at you. I've never had to use it in my life, and I am terrified about the day that I might have to. So I had two questions. One, is it effective? Is it actually effective? And two, how often do people actually use it? Because you always hear, oh, just carry it. It's your insurance policy. You'll never need it. But people obviously have to use it from time to time. So found research to prove that it is effective. According to the Mountain Journal, some scientific journal, uh, researchers did find that bear spray was 92% effective in deterring attacks from brown, black, and polar bears in Alaska over a period of about 20 years. And 98% of people who were carrying bear spray when they got close to bears uh, left uninjured. So that's great. And according to extensive research, bear spray is actually more effective and reliable than bullets. Also good news. The research I could not find is there's no data on just how often it's used. You know, I'm here always hearing it's very unlikely. It's very unlikely. But that still gives a percentage of times that people have to use it. I talked to the rangers and the Tetons and Glacier. No one really knows. So if anyone has any information on there, if they've used bear spray before, if they know how often it's used, uh, would love to know. Just more out of curiosity uh, for about this thing that I'm carrying around all the time these days. The more you know. The more you know. Bear will, spray 101. I'll do a little crossover. So we, we are uh, recording this after, I mean, a couple weeks after this trip, a week after hiking in the Tetons, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about on our next podcast. But uh, your data might get skewed based on the one guy that told us him and his buddies got drunk and sprayed each other with it. So I don't know if that counts I towards... For, I did forget about that. Does that count towards the data or is that... Um, I think that's an anomaly. Okay. Yeah. I think we're going to we're gonna leave that uh, that sample out. Got it. 
Sweet. Uh, I I don't have a bud this week. I, I put a note to look in my journal and see if I asked any questions and all the questions were more for my therapist than for this podcast. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, um, pass on any question that I have from that part of the trip. No questions. You know, it, this is an unanswerable question I, just, that just kind of came to mind, but I am having met some of your family, having heard the stories. I am, I, I am curious to see a, um, a family reunion. And ah. so I'll leave a kind of an open-ended question of just my curiosity to see the whole crew back there next year. Well, we'll report back quite literally a week, a year from today. Is that right? That'll be wrapping up family reunion time. So there we go. Curious to see. Yeah. All right. All right. Sweet. So, so what's next? Wrapping up. Uh, like we, we already talked about the race. So mm-hmm. you know now, now we're kind of into the week. We've talked everything up through July 10th. Yep. We're recording this on the 20th. Uh, this will come out tonight. And then next weekend, we'll we'll chat Tetons, but we're in Salt Lake. We're going to head to Fruta and... Get some pizza. Then we're going to land in Denver for a few weeks, which is kind of crazy that that's already happening. You're, I can't believe it. And we didn't talk about this at all, but your uh, your first day of work was this week. I did have my first day of work. In fact, I had my second day of work, too, because I didn't get fired she on day one. did not get fired. Got the call back. So got we'll, the call back. We'll talk more about that on, on the appropriate Absolutely. episode, but those are all, all, all things exciting things. All right. So, yeah. Looking forward to landing in Denver. We'll have a special guest on our Teton episode, so we'll tease that. And we'll be back with you next week. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one, Emily. Let's go get some dinner. Yeah. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Got it.